Today's episode is brought to you by the Vegas Beer Guys. Everything sequel contains explicit language. And why the fudge not, you melon farmer? Hello and welcome to the Everything Sequel Podcast. This is the Batman Edition. A certain Batman Edition. My name is Michael Schantz of the How Dare You Awards, coming to you from Pacific Beach. Joining me, your friend and mine, of course, Tom Stewart of Lonesome Whistle Productions. Hello, Tom! Bum! 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 For anyone who doesn't know, and you'd be forgiven for forgetting, that is Bane from Batman and Robin. Just to reiterate, Bane is in Batman and Robin. Just so you know, Bane's in that fucking movie. Not portrayed by Tom Hardy. No. However, uh, (laughs) I got to say, you know, at least we can understand what he's saying. Okay. Not not only is he... You might have had a different watching experience than me. Not only is he helpfully monosyllabic in Batman and Robin, but... uh, you know, if Tom Hardy had if it had gone through the Tom Hardy vocal filter, I think it would have been more like <laughs> Yeah. Boom. But I had that I had that moment because I had a specific moment where I had to ten second I had to TiVo that shit something that he said. Yeah. <laughs> poison Poison Ivy says something to him and I was like, What did he say? And so I ten second and then I ten second I had to put on the closed captions. Yeah, I'm going to say he's making it pretty easy. Normally, normally, but in this one moment, one word. But in this one moment, my note that I wrote down was, "This fucker went Tom Hardy on me. I can't understand what he's fucking saying." (laughs) Maybe he knew. Maybe that's what Tom Hardy watched for inspiration. Exactly. Um, maybe he was petitioning them for a Lucha Libre mask on the set of <laughs> Dark Knight Rises. Yeah, exactly. Somehow I doubt it. I don't think so. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are talking about the Batman series, but a particular Batman series, correct, Tom? Correct, yeah. We're, we're uh, the, f- the first iteration, the first, the first Bat Cycle. Yeah. <laughs> if I may may use an image from the series itself. The first bat, bat cycle. Bat cycle one, we'll call it. Yeah. So we will we will not at all be dealing with Christopher Nolan. Except in how much he took Maybe from in... these movies. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, let's face it, everything. Yeah. And nothing at the same time. Yeah, yeah. So we are dealing with one Tim Burton film and two Joel Schumacher films. That's right. Although Burton was producer on one of those Schumacher movies. Correct, yeah. Which is interesting. It is interesting. And I I always forget that's the case. I 
I had forgotten it until until I rewatched it. And the thing that's most interesting to me about that, do you know the story about him not making a third Batman movie? Not specifically, no. I tried to... Uh, Whoever, I can't remember the name, but I remember hearing a story of Tim Burton excitedly telling a producer his ideas for his third Batman movie. He really wanted to make a trilogy. Mm-hmm. And he could, he could see the look on the producer's face that said, yeah, okay. Eesh. And... And I think it was because, like, look, no, it's no secret that Tim Burton's vision of Batman is a darker tone than obviously what ended up happening right. for the last two sequels of these movies. And Batman Returns, at the time, still now even, I think catches a lot of shit for being as dark as it is. Yeah, which I think is nonsense. But we'll talk. Well, about it's it when nonsense we talk that it catches it. shit, but it, I think it's yeah, fact, exactly. It, it's factual. It's that factually it is true. Factually but, true, but but not a bad thing at all. Right. Exactly. And he could just see the look. You know when um, Alan Alda has a communication school at Stony Brook College where yes. he teaches scientists and doctors yes. to communicate better through improv games. <laughs> That's right. And a, lot, and, and a lot of it has to do with, uh, you know, you don't just listen with your with your ears. You you listen with your eyes. You listen with your heart. You you look at somebody. And he, he as he was describing his third Batman film, he was looking at this producer's face, and all of a sudden he just said, you don't want to make this movie, do you? Mm-hmm. And he said, well, the thing is, and he goes, and and just right then and there, Tim Burton said, you know what? I'm out. Yeah. That's fine. If this is not what you want to do, then, you know, have a nice day. And once he was out, I mean, I know that I read that Michael Keaton took a meeting with Joel Schumacher, but hearing the happy dance, you know, goggles that he was going to put on the Batman series he had no interest and without Tim Burton he wasn't interested and he dropped out mm. and uh the entire series got got reworked well here's here's my here's my hot take on this series such as it is go um <laughs> <laughs> these are some of the strangest movies of the <laughs> 90s that have big hollywood money behind them Oh now, my god. And now I know Batman and Robin uh its reputation precedes it for being exactly that. But I don't want to let these other two movies off the hook. These mm-hmm. all these movies in their own way are pun intended batshit crazy. <laughs> like each mo- each movie in this franchise goes a way that you would never anticipate based on what the previous movie was. Like it that you you expect this kind I, of Okay, yeah. You expect this kind of double down on whatever the success story whatever their success story predecessor was and it right. never comes. Yeah. No, you're right about that for sure. Because I mean, you know, as I you know, Batman you know, we're not talking much about the original 1989 Batman, but uh-huh. there was such a rip-roaring success, you would expect 
there would be a lot of pressure for Tim Burton to to do something of a remake or something of a yeah a but... rehash, and he goes in exactly the opposite direction. I'm really well, glad he did. The, that's the thing. Uh, yeah, me too. And the thing about that first Batman movie was that listen, they gave per- Tim Burton the job, but they didn't let Tim Burton be Tim Burton. They kind of yeah. handcuffed him a little bit. Well, that's Which it. Is fairly and, well known, I think. And yeah. So that movie is Tim Burton muffled. Right. There's some Batman Burton Returns there. is full Tim Burton. Yeah. His style is just let loose. Yeah. Exactly. To the point where I'm not sure if I'm watching Batman Returns or Edward Scissorhands or The Nightmare Before Christmas. <laughs> right. Did you they... notice by because one of my notes is <laughs> in that first fight scene when the when the Red Triangle green, uh, gang attacks. Right. When they're trying to light the Christmas tree, there is full on Nightmare Before Christmas music, orchestrated music in that scene. Well, I I made the same note. I said, I know that like Danny Elfman's uh, Tim Burton scores all kind of sound the same, but he's definitely road testing Nightmare Before Christmas. Absolutely. (laughs) And, you know, visually and in storytelling, too, in Mm -hmm. Batman Returns. Yeah. You know, I've noted several instances of this, which we will get to. Um, it's no it's no coincidence, I don't think, that Nightmare Before Christmas came out the year after this. Yeah, exactly. It's all all roads leading to <laughs> Jack... Yeah, exactly. All roads lead to Jack Skellington. <laughs> <To> Jack Skellington. <laughs> all right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, obviously we are here... This is our introductory episode, so we are here to rank these movies and declare them good or bad. Tom? Yeah. I don't think I've had an easier time doing this. How about really? you? Yeah. I found it surprisingly challenging. God damn it. What's the matter I th- with you? <laughs> I, thought I, I thought I always knew where I stood with these movies because... I've, you know, I saw I saw all of them on release, and I've seen them sub, you know, subsequently a few times since. Uh, but this time around, things things were really, my opinions were really thrown off. Some some things that I'd always suspected were confirmed, and then other things that I didn't see coming just hit me for the first time. I'm fascinated now. You're worried, is what you are. You say you're saying fascinating in that in that kind of Leonard Nimoy Spock way, which, as we all know, means a lot of people are about to die. Yeah. Well, I I was gonna follow up fascinated immediately by if you tell me the third is your favorite in the series, I'm gonna have to light you on fire. Okay. I'll. Uh... But. I'll leave that. I'll leave that an open flame for for a while then. <laughs> and just just as a preview, I say it might. It, it. I don't think this is a. This isn't a revenge of the thirds situation. All right. <laughs> I'm not gonna Halloween three you this time. Yeah, man. Halloween three, which actually. I saw I, I saw a lot of Halloween three season in the witch in the storyline of uh, Batman Forever. I feel like the the villain plot in that is pretty identical to and it's Halloween. <laughs> well, yeah, which comes out of nowhere, by the way. 
there's no mention of Halloween in this movie until kids just start showing up trick-or-treating. I know. Uh, yeah, and they really need to look into the security situation in Wayne Manor. At Wayne Manor, exactly. <laughs> and, I, you know, I know Alfred's old, but... <laughs> but... You should be able to tell the difference between a grown adult and a child, even if they're wearing masks. Just saying. Yeah, uh, although, you know, uh, it's not until Batman and Robin that we learn that he is also Max Headroom. (laughs) That's right. Bane is in Batman and Robin, and Alfred turns out to be Max Headroom. Both of these things happen in that movie. Oh, fuck. And, you know, that's that's on a par with what's weird about the other two. I'm, again, I'm not going to single out Batman and Robin as the only weird movie in this weird franchise. <laughs> yeah, but it's the weirdest. I don't know. To me, it... it oh, okay. <laughs> in some ways, that movie is a, is a breath of cool fresh air fresh oh, how ice dare air. You. you're trying to add a uh, 30th ice joke or pun <laughs> to that yes. fucking movie that's right we're, we're gonna have to talk about ice puns for sure I, I i overshot it a bit i believe there's officially 27 ice puns in that movie but you know what when he's not when it's not an ice pun that Arnold schwarzenegger's mr freeze is saying it's a pun of some kind. Oh, he yeah. has a pun addiction. He yeah, cannot abs- speak in anything absolutely. but puns. He I saw otherwise. In puns. Yeah. Someone should someone should calculate how many times he makes a pun in that movie, and I, I will stake my you, the value of my house right now <laughs> on this being over seventy five percent of his dialogue. I yeah, I'd like to know the ice pun per minute. That's somebody really should, interesting. Somebody should calculate that. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, look for t- coming 2022. Ice <laughs> pun minute. <laughs> we do ice puns from all the, all the great movies one minute at a time. We're going to start a separate podcast just called Ice Puns, where we spend an hour talking about each individual ice pun. There'll be 27 episodes. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let me... So... What do you want to do? Do you want to declare first, or would you like to rank first? I would like to rank first, uh, because I think it will annoy you less. (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, now I really am worried. (laughs) You should be. All right. Fine. Wow. Do you want me to go first? Yeah, you probably should. (laughs) For for your sanity and the sanity of the listeners. We should probably get like a, you know, like before, we should before. probably get like a room tone of what this is supposed to be, <laughs> right? Before we, before we get into the the before the we travel ex- down the weary road of your fucking bleak mind. Before we go down the Robert Altman experimental sound editing route, <laughs> that I'm going to take it down. All right, listen, easy. I can't believe that that this would not be your ranking as well. Okay. Tom, simply, they are in order. It cannot be questioned. It's two, three, four. 
Okay. I agree with the. F- I, <laughs> I, I was gonna say I agree, with, but I agree with none of that. Uh, <laughs> no, I do. Um, so you're going two, three, four. Oh yeah, have to. Okay. Returns uh, forever, Robin. I will go returns. I have a feeling. I have okay. a feeling. Our, our feelings about that movie are. Um, all, will all be almost identical from you what you all, said so you, far. That's what I was most scared about. So okay, at least good. I don't have to bloodlet myself. No, I mean... And sanity is going to at least rear its head in this conversation. No, I mean, because, it, you know, my, my favorite Tim Burton movie is Ed Wood, which is 94. Uh-huh. I think this is his best period of filmmaking. Yeah. I think... Just looking at Batman Returns itself, I think the 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 character based approach, the heavily politicized approach, it's so of the good. Movie, it it completely justifies itself, and it needs to because, <laughs> and it needs to because uh, this is not a superhero movie or right. an action movie, right? And if you you know, scrutinize the storytelling, which, you know, is part of our project, uh, the script gets very muddied and is extremely underdeveloped. Um, but, you know, yeah, I'm not going to, yeah, pe- yeah. I'm not going to penalize it for that. Um, you remember when we did Superman three and it's like that, but it, you know, it's like the, the, the you're right. It's like the elements are there, but it sort of bobs along. For sure. <laughs> trying to get there, yeah. Well, when we did Superman 3, you know, I, it, it's very clear in that movie that Superman is a, is a minor character in his own story. Mm-hmm. And I think here, it's even more so Batman is a supporting character here. Um, but I don't feel the yes need to... Yes and no, for me... Okay, the... let me just let me just let me give you a statistic. Go ahead. It's 13 minutes into the movie before he appears or is mentioned. I love that though. And then another I 20 and then that. another 20 minutes before his second appearance. Okay. Right. But um but I'm not I'm not holding that against the movie. Okay. I I I too love that because I think what the rest of what this movie has going on is magnificent and I also think it's such a strong piece of direction by tim burton and boy do i miss those days yeah yeah because i mean you know always the 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 thing that's always said about tim burton which i think is true on his worst day is that he's more of a production designer than a director right yeah sure but for his best movies again i think you know he didn't direct nightmare before christmas but he had a huge hand in it but it Everything yeah. about that movie reads right. Tim Burton. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, this, Nightmare Before Christmas, Edward, you know, this is his peak period for me where he, he's, you know, his direct hand, dictor- directorial hand is completely assured. And in this movie, his his visual style is just let loose. Yeah. And it's a wonder to behold. Like, there feels like, weirdly, there's no... Ra- in one of his most studio-bound uh, movies... There's like literally no reins on him whatsoever. Yeah, absolutely. and I guess that's just the success of Batman. No, yeah, I, th- I, I, yeah, absolutely. But uh, so for all those reasons and uh, and a whole lot more, which we'll discuss in the next episode, uh, 
it's definitely the best of the bunch. Great. So I assume... <laughs> I assume... Assume nothing. <laughs> assume nothing. Well, you said you said we're going to be differing, so that means you must have Batman and Robin up, uh, above Batman Forever. Yes. All right. I, I want to be mad at you just because it's such a bad movie. I listen to the here point we... where it's almost unwatchable, but okay, listen. It is also no. hypnotic. No, yes, it is hypnotic. Un... Yeah, it really is. And I like hypnosis. <laughs> um, <laughs> that is a good quality in a movie for me. Listen, I I'm gonna I, again. I'm gonna go out on a limb here. I do not concur with the consensus that. Of this, of Batman and Robin being a famously bad movie and an unmitigated disaster, I just can't. I have tried. I the pressure of of society and culture has made me want to believe that, but in the end, I can't. I can't. And I'm in a. I'm in a. Well, you've Why? already heard. You've already heard. <laughs> right. You've already heard my ranking. So I'm gonna go to Batman Forever, and. So definitively, you're two, four, three. Yeah. And the reason I've gone, I put Batman Forever on the bottom. I have been fighting how underwhelmed by this movie I have always been. It's been a huge struggle. I I feel right. I'll agree with that completely. But, but But here's the thing. This time watching it through, I was like, you know, I'm... I'm always struggling to see the good and the enjoyment factor in this movie. I first let me just give you a little bit of context that will probably <laughs> illuminate you. I first saw Batman Forever on a plane. Okay. <laughs> oh no. I'm not and I'm not talking about any personalized entertainment system. I'm talking about the screen in the cabin at the front of the cabin. You you have no choice but to watch it. So that's that's the first time I saw the movie, which is always going to be problematic as Less a viewing good experience. Less good than yeah than any other experience. Okay. So I'm already prejudiced. I already feel underwhelmed just by the viewing conditions. Sure. But I've seen it multiple times since, and I've just never been able to. It hasn't gotten better. No, it hasn't <laughs> gotten better, and it in it it hasn't gotten better. In the end, I just have to conclude. This is what I mean about some things being confirmed to me that, you know, against, I guess, the majority of people out there. I just, there is too much in this movie that fundamentally does not work and falls flat. And agreed. But here's the thing. It is such a loud, garish movie, visually and orally. Agreed. I don't want to give it a pass. Agreed. But but here's why I here's why I think Batman and Robin is is better. We'll we'll get to the good and bad in a minute, and I, I'm I'll still say. like I'm still agonizing over that. <laughs> but Batman and Robin is for all its major 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 faults, including all of the performances by women in the movie. Um. <laughs> Is 
is comfortable in its broadness and it's in its owns and it's in on its own absurdity and that is something that batman forever it wants still wants to have it both ways and i don't know whether you know tim burton's looking over jewel schumacher's shoulder and saying like uh you can't make it that ridiculous calm or... down yeah right <laughs> but there is so much insecurity in batman forever um uh, you know, overall in this series, what I like, the reason I like this series more than the Nolan trilogy, and, oh, f- I mean, I don't whoa, even want to... I don't even... Whoa, wow. I, I don't really? even want to talk about... You know, I don't even want to... I don't even even want to, you know, mention uh, the <laughs> Justice League stuff. Not, n- oh, no, that yeah. doesn't even come on the radar. No, yeah. Um, is because... What this has that the Nolan trilogy for me doesn't have, except a little bit in Batman Begins, is this constant push and pull between. So there, are, so like pre, pre movie series, there's two different Batmans that people know. There's the comic book Batman, sure. which is, you know, generally, and this is, a, you know, this is um, caricaturing to some extent, but it's darker, it's more serious, it's kind of comic book noir. And then there's the 1960s TV series fronted by Adam West, which is, you know, uh, famous for its excess of style and its colorful camp. Okay, and what I like about this series is that constant push and pull between those two ideas of what Batman is. I agree with you. And to me, that is something, you know, Nolan and his brother, the the, the brothers Nolan kind of. It's devoid of. They've they've you know, they've. um, they, they're only really channeling the graphic novel side of things. Yeah, and that for a lot of people, that's all they need. I need both. I need I an. Int- I don't need both. I need a. I need a. You know, a dynamic duo of those. But two. I appreciate both. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, and I'm. But just this, a- I don't know if this will come as a surprise to you, but I think in Batman Returns especially like the and the you know the first batman but batman returns especially i think tim burton actually does that really well i, I think, see both i think to to as different as dark as batman returns is i see the 1960s show within it oh I, that's what i'm saying and that's what you know that's what the dark knight and certainly the dark knight rises doesn't have i mean Remember the first thing we said is we're not going to talk about Christopher Nolan. Um but uh so I won't. But you know I w- but I think all of these movies have that to some to different different extents and to different levels of success. Okay. And I'm really so that is a big factor in how I'm analyzing this. Batman and Robin to me is more comfortable with just embracing that side of uh batman mythology and i think what weakens batman forever in that regard for me is that it's trying to have that association both ways and i I find it a little bit pretentious yeah but you're you already stated that you like that what you like is the kind of push and pull of that whereas you know batman and forever i get i to me batman forever is at least trying that Batman and Robin is devoid of the noir and is just the camp. Well, here's the other the other pro- th- well, I, I problem I'm I'm talking from your perspective here. <laughs> I think there <laughs> there's 
there are things this is where i'm really struggling with good and bad when it comes to batman and robin because there are there are obviously things that i like about batman and robin that fall into the so bad it's good camp okay there's you know something you've you frequently bring up which is the taking a big swing and you Uh know the extra the, the extra the bonus points you get for taking a big swing even if it doesn't always pull work up pull off sure um but you know the see the, die hard three see but the de- the 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 extra element is for me is that I think there are scenes in Batman and Robin that are well acted, well written, and well directed. There's not many of them, but they're there. And I struggle oh, to find. See, I, I struggle I find to find that in Batman and Forever. No, I I've there is literally nothing in Batman Forever that I feel is executed to the level that. One or two scenes in Batman and Robin are <laughs> so. So I've re- I've really I've really struggled with that. But um, should we should we go good and bad because we're starting to talk about that anyway? Yeah, sure. Uh, and I I I, <laughs> I need a breather, so go go ahead. <laughs> Fine, mine again. Very simple. Good Batman Returns. Good Batman Forever. Bad Batman and Robin. Bad. Okay, so we're not we're not too dissimilar there then. Um, so obviously, I, I mean everything you know. It's no surprise. I think Batman and Robins is an extraordinarily good movie. <laughs> but what, whichever, I was gonna say. Which, oh, sorry, Batman. Batman. Did I say Batman Forever? You said Batman and Robin. It's oh no, I meant sorry. I meant movie. Batman Returns. Okay. I think I was forcing myself to say that. I was just about to say that that's fantastic and my brain is melting, but... (laughs) (laughs) No. Okay, no, sorry. Batman Returns is a... And it's funny you say that because I was just going to say that I'm I'm declaring it a good movie, but I, I... Like, what I think is that it's a great movie. I think it's a great movie, too. Yeah. I think it's an excellent movie. In all regards, but as a Batman movie or a superhero movie or an action movie, which is, let's face it, what it was sold as. Uh... But that doesn't sure, bother me. Course. That doesn't bother me, and it, it shouldn't bother, bother us. All, though. Yeah, exactly. Because it, we're a sequel podcast. If you if you make a good film on its own terms, it doesn't matter what came before or after, right? That's what we say. Yeah. Yeah. That's our ethos. Um, Batman and I got to go. Batman and Ro- I got to answer this next. Okay, Batman Forever is a bad movie. All right. <sighs> Batman and Robin. <laughs> Tom, I'm trying Tom. to be. I'm trying to be. I'm trying to be numerical about this. Look, even all the actors in it think it's a terrible movie. Well, I think George Clooney is but, doing himself a disservice when he when he disparages also are this very movie. Thankful for having been in it. I'll give you that. So, so I and think actually, I, I think the one actor that doesn't think. I think Uma Thurman loved having free reign to be as broad as she is in the movie, does not at all regret the movie, and thinks the movie is as much campy fun as it could be. And gives the worst performance in the movie. Um, <laughs> by by a country mile. Okay. <laughs> um, but I, I don't know. Chris O'Donnell... Maybe giving her a run for her money. It's interesting. I, I, yeah. It's, it's a, it's a toss up. 
It's a it's a two face coin toss up for sure. <laughs> um, actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna say the worst performance in this in in the movies we're looking at is Tommy Lee Jones. But uh, anyway, uh, the well, absolute. Yeah, I've worst. got plenty of to say about that, but um, we'll get there when we get there. But you know, I've got the old. I just 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 how it embraces it, it understands. It, what it is and what it wants to be. I feel like this is this is Josh Joel Schumacher's Batman Returns. He is just letting his ludicrous ideas and style run free in a way that is so so entertaining. I can't tell you how much I enjoyed watching Batman and Robin this time through. I don't really know why. And then there were things I genuinely earnestly liked too. So I don't I don't know what to do. Declare, goddammit. I'm going to declare. I'm going to declare it. It's a borderline good for me. You know that you think it's good. Come on. Yeah. I do think it's good. I, 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 I did. A, I, I already gave the Freudian slip answer where I said that I was trying to. I was talking about Batman Returns, exactly. but I said Batman and Robin. So yeah. everyone knows. <laughs> oh. I don't know. Your passion might sway me. Because I'm looking over my notes, and I got I I don't mind telling you that I revel in in how bad it is. I just don't. I mean, there there there's just something. I feel I feel like this this is what's so hard for me is that there there are moments where I think Batman Forever is more of a solid movie in 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 lots of ways, but I I think for it what. Is. For 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 what Joel Schumacher is as a director, like he needs to lean into that excess of style for it to justify itself, because if you're trying to make out you're some kind of psychological thriller, which he frequently does throughout Batman and and Rob, uh, Batman Forever, it just it completely. You know, it just feels really hollow because it's such a it's a superficial movie that doesn't like the idea of people thinking it's a superficial movie, and I I hate that. Yeah, I but despise I also think, that. I think that Batman and Robin is just as superficial. No, but with but its it ideas of partnership. But it it it's just something about every I don't know, and this is as again another big <laughs> another big controversial statement, but. The actors in Batman and Robin look comfortable with what they're doing, to me, and the, all the actors in Batman Forever don't. I mean, with the exception, I'm going to say, with the exception of Alfred, you can add, with the exception of Michael Goss Alfred, to every statement sure. I make sure. because he, I will not hear a word against any any of his performances. In I'll any say of that movies. I think you might be right about that, but I think that might have been. Not to do with Joel Schumacher, not to do with the direction of the movies, but having to do just with personalities. Because I could tell you for a fact that Val Kilmer did not get along with Joel Schumacher. I could tell you for a fact that Tommy Lee Jones did not get along with Jim Carrey. I can tell you that for a fact by watching their performances on screen yeah. together. And I think, I, I, and, it, and, and you're right. Like, all of that is present in there that is... movie. There is no, there is no less, there is no, uh, no least convincing piece of acting than Tommy Lee Jones having to pretend he thinks Jim Carrey's funny. Yes. 
I have never seen a worse attempt. Absolutely. Um. So, I'm all over the place with this, but i i gotta stick i gotta stick to my freeze guns, <laughs> <laughs> which again is a thing in Batman and Robin. Yep. And just, and just like, and you know. I'm saving my my the, the ace up my sleeve, but you know, it. I think it might be a two of diamonds. <laughs> the t- <laughs> the turning point for me, and this is weird, and I've never felt like this watching the movie before, and I think Gremlins Two has a lot to do with this. When Uh-oh. when John Glover turned up as the mad scientist. Oh yeah, right. I thought, well, one, that's the best performance in the movie, hands down. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but two, which doesn't bode well as he dies fairly he early dies on in the movie. Five minutes after you meet him, uh, <laughs> and I just thought, but I was just like, I was like, look at how much that man is enjoying playing this absurd character. Like, why, why, why am I? Oh, I can tell. Why you do the... I feel weird about him, like embracing any of that? But, uh, probably because he's such a good actor. That he didn't enjoy making this movie. He didn't? No, not really. He looks like he's having more fun than any... Well, I mean, he that's, that's acting, isn't it? was absurd. Yeah. That's that's acting, is making gonna, it look like you're enjoying yourself. I was going to save this, but I'll give it to you now. His big memory of this movie was looking, <laughs> looking 30 feet up in the air at Joel Schumacher on a crane in a director's <laughs> chair... Yelling before yelling at full, full, full voice over a megaphone. Remember, everybody, we're making a cartoon. Oh, that puts so many things in perspective for me, doesn't it? Yeah. Oh, so boy, did they! And it's oh, glo- yeah. and it's glorious. It yes, is a glorious. It cartoon. is that. It is a glorious cartoon, and I just it is hypnotic. I would feel disingenuous withholding the joy it gives me because of some like cultural assumption that that this is a you know that this is like the the Ishtar of superhero movies. Whoa, 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 whoa! <laughs> I won't have you disparaging Ishtar. I'm not. Disparaging Ishtar. I am Ladies saying exactly what you think about Ishtar. <laughs> okay, fine. Back Go to, to you. the How Dare You podcast to listen right. to the Ishtar I think this is a similar thing where... Where I defend it vigorously. I think this is a similar thing where we, we, people are, are talking trash about this movie and, and uh, you know... I think the difference is that people were talking shit about Ishtar having not seen it. People are talking shit about Batman and Robin after having seen it. I talk way more shit about this movie before I saw it than after I saw it. Yeah, but you're a rare bird. No, I was just like, <laughs> oh, no, look at the bat nipples and moon. I'm just like, oh, it, it's like you, you you see the bat nipples in context. It doesn't feel out of place. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the absurd I mean everything in this movie if you remove it from context is 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 just I mean that jar puppets what the fuck is going on there but <laughs> if ever there was a pla- I do have a note that says why is Audrey 2 making an appearance in this fucking movie I I had a note at the time that said it's like 
I don't think Little Shop of Horrors needs to be worried about uh, anything that's going on puppetry wise here. Right. Um, but it just, to me, it just it 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 kind of it crystallized. I'm using an ice pun already. It crystallizes. You can't help it when you talk about this movie. It, oh, no. it crystallizes into something which I find kind of beautiful. But I mean, it's oh, I don't know. I, I I'm next time I see it, I'll probably hate it. But <laughs> I I feel and again, I think I think back to back viewings, it's a different viewing experience, and it changes how you feel about the movies. And it was just such a welcome return to like a. F- a fluid sense of what you want to be. And to me, Batman forever was all about, we don't quite know what our identity is now. Let's just throw as much as of we, as we can of what we've done before at the wall, at the wall and please yeah. no one, <laughs> <laughs> which wasn't that the biggest move. Wasn't that the most successful movie in the series? Like by a mile of the ones we're doing. Yeah. I mean, Yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it does help when you have all the like biggest bands and recording artists of the time on the soundtrack. That does give you a leg up. Yeah, I, I you know, there. I think there are things at play other than the movie itself. Even though it's, you know, Jim Carrey, the height of his fame. Not, right. I. I. Yeah. There are things at play in the world and in Hollywood that, of course, helped that movie. And Jim Carrey is one of them. I, I couldn't speak to exactly where Hollywood was with a worldwide market. Mm. But that movie had a huge worldwide market. So I don't know if in the three years between the movies that grew to such an extent that it helped the movie. But that was well, it was definitely on a plane. <laughs> <laughs> so that speaks to oh, its yeah. international that, appeal yeah. that it was uh, it, it was something we were forced to watch on a plane along with Rowan Atkinson live. But also you have to remember, you know, you, you see a preview for that movie and the last thing you saw was Batman Returns, which is a great fucking movie. So you are even though you know that Michael Keaton's not back even though you know there's another director, you're still excited for Batman. I, I would dispute both. I would dispute... <laughs> we'll, t- we'll talk about this when we get to the film, but I'm going to dispute both of those things. I don't think... I think the movie is trying to, to play a game where it doesn't necessarily want you to know that they've recast Keaton as Val Kilmer <laughs> and all that Tim Burton's not directing. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Well, we'll get there when we get there. But first up, ladies and gentlemen, will be Batman Returns, the 1992 film directed by Tim Burton. So if you have an issue with our rankings or our why, declarations... Why would, you? Why, why would anyone? I, I, I agree. Can't, I can't imagine how anyone would dispute anything <laughs> either of us have said. <laughs> We're both right. Yeah. Yeah, you can find us and on one Instagram. And one of us is right, yeah. Find us on Facebook or Twitter. Send us an email to everythingsequel at gmail.com. All right, Tom, that's it. I'm 234. 
You are two, four, three. I think uh, I got good, bad, bad for two, three, four. You have got. You're officially declaring good on Batman and Robin. Yeah, right? I have to. All right, going so with my good, gut. Good, bad. Good, good, bad. We're gonna hash it out, ladies and gentlemen. Stay tuned for Batman Returns coming up next. For Tom Stewart of Lonesome Whistle Productions, I am Michael Schantz from the How Dare You Award. Say goodbye, Tom. I believe the word you're looking for is ah! <laughs> We'll see you next time. I like to think I know something about beer, but nowadays even I get overwhelmed when confronted by the exhaustive selection of craft beers they have at bars, breweries, and even grocery stores. Back in the day you had one, maybe two craft beers to choose from, and if you were confused, you ordered a Guinness. But in beer stations like San Diego, the craft beer options lately are in double, sometimes even triple, digits. So what's a beer drinker to do? You need what I need, the Vegas Beer Guys. Your beer of choice should be a perfect blend of malt and hops. And so a live show about beer needs that same balance. And the Vegas Beer Guys matches beer expert Dan Aker with self-proclaimed beer novice Stephen J. Weiss. The results are eminently drinkable. They're on Facebook. They're on Instagram. They'll try new beers. They'll tell you about beers. Think of them as your beer sherpas guiding you up a foamy-headed mountain to reach the peak of your pint. God, I need a beer.